0: Hello and welcome to another episode of How to Save the World, a sustainability podcast for people who are trying to do the right thing and might not know how to yet, including us. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I'm Tim Bat. I'm Waveny Worth. And what are we talking about today, Wave?
1: Microplastics.
0: Fantastic.
1: I am amped, as usual, after yeah. I've just spent a couple of days in my head researching all of this. Um I'm now convinced it's one of the most important things We could possibly be talking about Okay it's it's usually the state I get myself into But um, no, yeah, microplastics
0: Okay, well Can I start with the basics? What is is a um, microplastic? What
1: is it? Well, so plastics don't biodegrade And so they just stick around and they break down And they get fragmented by wind or waves or whatever Sunlight And eventually they just end up really, really small which is tiny, a microplastic, so tiny little, bits yeah, of plastic. just anything less than five millimeters, and I'm including just for the sake of clarity, anything, including the nanoparticles. Gotcha. So that gets tiny. What color do you? Because you've heard of these before, right? Microplastic. I have what, from you. What is that all?
0: No, 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 from oh, other places okay. too. <laughs>
1: um, always checking the bubble. Um, what color do you think of them as? Kind like of see through. Yes, without the, thinking. Just like see yeah. in
0: my head, they're kind of the little see through, like kind of when you, I don't know, bleach like an ice cream container or something.
1: Have check this out. We're going to have to explain this to our a listeners. A full
0: color um, printout of microplastics at different sizes, and they're actually quite beautiful they, when you view them like this they,
1: yeah they're really colourful very colourful like colorful. little microscopic rainbows they look like gemstones yeah they're, they do well actually um, that's because some of those samples are actually glitter oh mm. glitter's the new party pooper thing to avoid
0: so we've got like a kind of fluorescent green there's a lot of yellows there's a pink
1: and they're all different shapes and sizes so they're actually like snowflakes they're all unique that's a that's a scientific fact Um, And then they've all got totally different um, compositions going on as well. And the other thing about it, I think we often have this thing with plastic that it's inert. It's just not really doing much. Yeah, It's just sitting there. It's sitting there. It's like it
0: can't break down, so therefore it's just sitting around. Yeah, therefore
1: it's not doing anything. But there's two things going on. Um, Microplastic absorbs chemical contaminants. Um, It sort of is just this little habitat waiting empty habitat waiting um and so it absorbs pesticides hydrocarbons heavy metals and other things um but then it's also somehow simultaneously leaching the additives the original additives that it has as well and they're often a little bit harmful yeah very harmful depending on what they are as well so there's actually a lot going on with these little guys
0: because most plastics are or maybe all plastics are petrochemicals so these are these yes. are bad things to be just rocking around in the water
1: yeah that's right classic case of we think it's gone away because we can't see it yeah. um but we're sort of going to we're going to cover off in this episode where where it all comes from um it's a bit of a different breakdown what's happening in the oceans and on the land um and then looking at how much of it there is and what the big deal is, and then we'll get into some solutions.
0: At the risk of changing the order a little bit of what you've got in your head, can I just ask overall, because you have been in this, in this research bubble Microcosm. looking into it for a while, how big a problem is this broadly? Is this a big deal?
1: This is a big deal, Tim. Um, it's everywhere, microplastics. So that's one thing that the science scientists have discovered is that it is literally everywhere. They've done studies indoor, outdoor, in the marine environment. It's in bottled drinking water. It's in our food. Our highest top, deepest ocean trench, Antarctica, Arctic. It sounds it, like a riddle. In our lungs. Yeah, true. <laughs> what is? Yeah, so it's everywhere and it's... I mean even so they these scientists are just researching the crap out of this and it's in all stool samples from people that they've tested.
0: All. All. Everyone's pulling the stuff
1: out. Yep. It's yes. And and this is quite um horrendous is mm. that on they've someone has worked out that we consume about 2000 little pieces of plastic a week which is about the equivalent of a credit card. Whoa. Yeah, crazy. So some wow. of those bits must be quite big.
0: Yeah, that's more than I would have thought. Yeah,
1: yeah. And we pull out most of that, um, but some of it doesn't make it out. Uh oh. Um, and we, in terms of scale, like until recently, we thought that there were probably about 10 microplastic bits per cubic meter of ocean water. Mm-hmm. And there's new research out showing that we've very seriously underestimated that so going from 10 yeah up to 8.3 million pieces
0: what the how, we got that very very that was wrong very
1: very wrong
0: from 10 pieces to over 8 million
1: yeah in a, a, yeah. Did you say
0: in a cubic uh cubic liter, meter, meter
1: cubic meter of ocean water uh, no. and yes. it turns out that um, the world's soil so the research is really focused on the marine environment yes but it turns out the world's soil contains far more microplastics in the oceans dang there you go how's that for a bit of boom?
0: Uh, well not great
1: <laughs> anyway we know it's why we're talking about it now yeah yeah
0: so here's this thing that didn't even exist like 100 years ago and now is completely everywhere on Earth.
1: Yep, yep. It's affecting really basic uh, life systems, which I'll get into a little bit later mm-hmm. in the so what's the big deal section of the podcast. Cool. But it's like... Um, yeah, because it's so small, it can, it's interacting on these, all of these levels that we're, scientists are really at that stage of still trying to quantify it, and all of the research is quite new. So most of the findings are indicative of all these different things that could be problems. Yeah. But, um, so where does it all come from? Yeah. I hear you ask.
0: I, and that is my question. How to get there?
1: So there's... Couple of different. Or ba- there's basically two categories. Uh, one is the stuff that's actually designed to be a micro plastic. So that would be your pre production plastic pellets, which is just that's how plastics transported all over the world. And I've seen those heaps on the beaches. You know, that's probably where your you mean you're, the little white ones. Yeah, I the was going to say that's, that's ones? probably your little stereotype. Mine too, yeah. actually, of what micro plastic is. Um, and so that's pretty big. And then the micro beads used in cosmetics they're all designed as well to be microplastic right from the start but um they've been banned in New Zealand do you remember that yeah Yeah. Yeah, which is really cool and then the secondary microplastics are actually things that have just breaking down from larger items um and that is by far the bigger source so we've got um this is recent research from aotearoa oh i forgot to do my shout out right from the start is that a lot of this research has come from the wasteman's webinar on microplastics with dr olga pantos and grant northcott both leading scientists on microplastics in new zealand and consolidating a lot of research from other new zealand scientists so um just fantastic to have that resource thanks heaps guys um so We've got, in Aotearoa, we've got building materials as a big contributor. Like, it's just basically anyone using plastic. And until recently, that was quite overlooked. There's road dust, turns out to be really significant.
0: Road dust becomes microplastic.
1: So, um, when you think about it, road marking, like what happens to that? It wears off. But it's like, where does it go? Tyres, they wear down. Where does that go? Anything orange, like all of the road working stuff, all of the litter, especially plastic drink bottles apparently. It all ends up in urban waterways. Um, then this is another crazy big one. Um, washing your clothes.
0: Yeah, I remember. Could you actually be one this. of the most
1: significant things, as uh, the fibers, even and the even like the prints or the glitter or whatever, um, just or synthetic carpet. All of those any anything that's not natural. Um we sort of wash it and it ends up going down the uh, into the wastewater treatment plant and their processes aren't designed to they're not they they're they're not they when they were designed they weren't thinking about microplastic and they do have filters and a lot of it gets caught but a lot of it isn't getting caught and in Auckland in the Manukau harbour there are there could be other reasons for this but they've sampled microplastics on the east coast and the west coast and there are three times more microplastic in that Monaco harbour where the wastewater treatment plant is Hmm. so it could be that um that is just really densely populating that area with microplastic
0: because of it coming out of places like the washing
1: Yes. Synthetic fibers. Well, yeah, even going back further than that, it's because we've gone to the mall, we've bought a thing, it looks cool, and it's not a natural fiber. Yeah. Yeah. Or we bought the synthetic carpet because it wears better and it doesn't stain or whatever. How does the
0: carpet get into the water, though? It's Vacuuming. Like, what do you do? Oh, yeah, true.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess you're not instantly putting into the water. That's a good point.
0: But it's around. It's
1: around. And it's so microplastics are so small, they'll get airborne as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, out of all of that, um, oh, food production's another one. Um, Just farming practices, like sheet, any anything to do with plastic and the agricultural environment. It just, you know, what I'm
0: thinking of, cling film. At home. Glad wrap, yeah. Yeah. Sandwich bags, all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Especially the single-use stuff.
1: That's right. Yeah, it does. It just, it it eventually, and especially if you can change your time frame a little bit, you think, oh, I can't see how that would break down, especially if I do put it in the rubbish or something. But ultimately, if you extend your time frame out, none of this stuff, survives it will all become microplastic in the end even if it gets recycled sort of magic unicorn recycling it will still be plastic when it's recycled into something else and eventually that will break down so about 90% of all of that stuff i mentioned comes from just three sources 35% of it is synthetic textiles so our clothing uh 28% of it is from tires isn't that amazing wow almost a third of all microplastics is from tires that's crazy and then oh i think it's crazy that a third's from our clothing a third's from tires more or less and yeah. this is this is just for the marine environment it's very i think it's quite a similar profile sure. for terrestrial um and then what the, the third category is city dust which would be a big, big old mask. everything yeah that's musk. <laughs> yep totally yeah, so there you go. That's where it all comes from. I can't believe so much of it is from tires. I know that's a hard one to solve too. Yeah, I think that's what is that? Just drive less.
0: It doesn't feel like there's a huge. There's not real We don't have an alternative for tires.
1: No, other than drive less. <laughs> yeah, nice. Like because yeah, yeah, we true, can. Yeah. I mean, you know, just. It's like what is it the R and D that people that people just need to keep on doing and working out public transport solutions like big picture big system. Yeah, I guess public
0: transport is the thing, isn't it? Because if you've got least tires there transporting the same number of people, yeah, yeah. But
1: short of these massive changes, it's like it comes just back down to the stuff we say over and over in this podcast. Of just it's so precious all of this stuff we're running around. I mean, when I say we, I should say me. Just all running around like oh i'm just driving here or there and go a bit of a carbon footprint oh i shouldn't be doing that we do it anyway with maybe a bit of a guilty conscience and it's just like it all keeps doubling down and adding up like whatever topic we're covering it's always the same outcomes drive less you know eat less crap buy less crap anyway
0: synthetic uh blends in clothes the one good thing about that is you can like that's all labeled you can have a look on, on your t-shirt label and see if it's, you know, what material it's made of.
1: Yeah. And do you know where to look? Because I do this. I'm the really collar? good at it. No, it's not the <laughs> collar. It's where the side. It? The label's it? always on the side. Yeah. Oh. The, and it's on it's, on, it's on; it's stitched into the side seam. Right. Yeah. Should we talk about what the big deal is? Yeah. Why I mean, it? like, obviously it is a big deal, but let's talk about actually, you know, ask the why. Yeah. Like, sure, it's everywhere. That just seems intrinsically bad
0: so here's this thing that we've got over 8 million parts of per cubic meter of water in the Mm. ocean we're putting a whole bunch of it into the harbour in Auckland it's everywhere comes from our tyres comes from our clothes does it does it matter
1: Yes, and yes, it does matter. And sorry, it was such a lovely segue, but now I'm ruining it because I just wanted to say that in Wellington, a different bunch of scientists looked at what was going on there and they found like in Auckland, it was mostly the textile fibers, in Wellington, it was this huge amount of those little pre industrial pallets, right, for plastic manufacturing. And so they were like, hmm, this doesn't seem right. And they ch- they traced it up Oriental Bay to where all these plastic manufacturers were. And they weren't following the guidelines on how to store stuff. And there were plastic pellets everywhere. And- Whoa. Yeah. And so they were actually really cooperative, in my understanding, when they realized what, what the outcome was of them being a bit sloppy. And they've changed their practices.
0: The science works.
1: Yeah. Go scientists. So... Right, here we are segueing into what the big deal is. So, we know it happens with big plastic that's had some pretty good PR. Turtles choke, clogs up in your gut. Dolphins
0: and- get trapped in bear rings.
1: Uh, yes, <laughs> so they, there's entanglement, I think is the proper term for that, and death. So, actually, the same stuff happens with microplastics for the smaller organisms. So, like, when worms eat a little bit of microplastic or bacteria, it's the same as them. It has that same physical effect of, of eating a plastic bag. Um, and then for larger organisms like fish and us, actually, um, the plastic can get through the gut lining and into our bodies and it can get into our organs. And it's just small enough to get everywhere and oh, bioaccumulate. It's yeah.
0: through our gut lining.
1: Yes, it can get through our gut lining. It's not good. And so, and then, so that's the sort of the problems with the physicality of mm-hmm. it. But then there's the associated toxins, which I mentioned before. Mm. That, that all the time, they're, they're these the chemicals that have been added to get them to perform to do different things. They're not actually chemically bound. They can leach quite easily, um, and heaps of them are toxic. Um, and then there's those harmful microorganisms that are just very quick, very ready to colonise the surface and. Uh, they can be transporting toxins and pathogens as they move our as they move their way through. Um, wow! Little thing, little things getting eaten by bigger things, and these things are accumulating as they go. So, um, should we have a bit of rundown on what's happening in the oceans? Some like of a our, little
0: toxic bomb yeah, roaming around.
1: It's it's pretty um, it's pretty crazy, I think. And again, like just to just to stress that a lot of the research is quite young. Um, And so what they're doing is they've they've got findings and they need to be backed up by more peer-researched.
0: So what is happening in the oceans? Because that's the one that I always hear about, microplastics in the sea.
1: So there's photosynthetic bacteria in the ocean, which sounds important, right? Um, And it is. It's one of the major species that contribute over 50% of the oxygen to the atmosphere. And it's getting hammered by its uptake of microplastic. It's affecting its ability to photosynthesize. So that's a big deal.
0: This is a, did you say a bacteria? It's a
1: photosynthetic bacteria in the it's ocean. It's
0: turning sunlight into oxygen and it's yep. being choked out yep. by uh, by plastics.
1: Yep. Shit. And some sea creatures are just dying when they ingest it. Others have their behavior changed and that's behavior that they need to survive, like being cautious or... Um,
0: Wow, do you know what that's down to? Are they trying to like, adapt to the new environment or is it basically poisoning their brains?
1: No, it's, yeah, it's, something to, it's more something uh, going on in the neural... Like a neurotoxin yeah, yeah. situation. And what else have we got? The pathogen survival rate is increasing through water treatment plants because the microplastics are actually providing the pathogens a home. That's an interesting so, one, eh?
0: Cause, so you've kind of brought this up a couple of times already. So it, to me, this is the picture I've got in my head. I'm zoomed in. It's microscopic, right? But it's a little tiny piece of microplastic. But it's in my head, it's like a sphere. And as it's starting to break down, it becomes almost sort of a little bit porous and like it's got holes on it. And when you've got something that looks like that, that's often um, something that harmful bacterial pathogens will hide inside of. It's like where well, you don't want to keep crockery that's got cracks in it yeah because that's where you get all the germs yeah and i think on that level it might just
1: be quite textured anyway yeah when you zoom down enough because we're talking at a microscopic level anyway but um, you're providing so, this so kind so of ev- rough surface yeah, area for yeah. I think the, to think i think also because like um the anything else already is just this really like us and anything alive is already a really complex well-evolved little petri dish or Mm. it's already got lots of bacteria in that space so i guess it's just like oh empty thing yeah yeah one of the most alarming things apart from the oxygen thing i think is how far the microplastics are getting into that very foundational biota of the food chain and how it's sort of getting passed up and up i find that alarming
0: yeah well we're starting with the building blocks if it's affecting the bacteria that's transforming sunlight into oxygen like if we're starting there yeah it's like on a plankton kind of level you know the yeah. underpinning of yeah of all marine life
1: on land yeah there is a growing body of evidence that's indicating that microplastics are actually messing with the soil microbes flora and fauna that provide essential ecosystem services so that means microplastics are affecting soil density and structure, soil's ability to hold water and make nutrients available and pollinate plants so as an example of that is that microplastics are accumulating in the spores of the seed capsules and because of that reducing germination rates
0: whoa, so they're, they're actually like interrupting all these natural processes yes, now yes. for even plants yeah. doing their thing. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. no
1: and um, basically the scientists are flagging it. They're saying, look, we need to do more research, but we are putting our hands up to say that there seems to be an emerging global change happening that would be resulting in a threat to our terrestrial ecosystems. Um, yeah.
0: That's such a huge scale.
1: It is. it is. It
0: seems so, in my head, it's almost like a nuclear winter, you know? It's this little um, harmful dust particles that are just screwing every natural process up
1: yeah but in such a well so far you know and again people could argue with me and say no it's not invisible but it it kind of is in that sense of just the everydayness of our lives yeah we're not really seeing it even though you know people are observing the impacts of it but yeah it doesn't have the drama of a nuclear fallout that's for sure yes at this point yeah it's just this thing that's been creeping up on us since the 50s and
0: which is quite insidious. Action
1: time. Yeah. They did a study in China, which is very specific, but it's good to throw a couple of specific things in. They, they looked at lettuces, and they found that a lettuce would uptake particles that are up to 0.2 of a millimetre big which is kind of big
0: what does that mean uptake
1: like as in it will, there'll be microplastic in the soil and then they can test the leaves and there it is in the leaf
0: oh wow yeah that was how big
1: um a millimeter
0: yikes so that's like almost visible
1: yeah exactly in fact it might even be yeah. i wonder yeah maybe if i had good young eyes um and the other thing is that we don't know how it affects the a persistence of pesticides and synthetic fertilizers in the soil because all of the study has been what happens to those things in kind of a natural soil. That's not, such yeah. a good
0: point because there, like, there has to be an interaction between these um, yes, because, nitrogen-based fertilizers yeah. and these plastics that we're putting yeah, in there, yeah. these two because inorganic we, chemicals. Exactly.
1: We know that the, the the plastic will attract the toxins and yeah. it provide a home for it. Yeah. So,
0: what it's like with the lettuce thing is it's it's like the earth is serving us back up, this disgusting yeah. thing we've yeah, given it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I noticed Taking when it back I was to the kitchen. researching this that I was starting to get a little bit like anti microplastics, like they were the problem, like this awful little thing, this <laughs> evil, ghastly <laughs> thing. Like, yeah. And then I was just like, what am I even you know it's not this other foreign object that's just appeared it's us
0: yeah it's just eh?
1: us it's it's just everything about the way I live
0: chemicals are chemicals it's
1: not even exactly it's just actually it's not a baddie it's just a thing it's just a particle and it's me driving around exactly it's doing some
0: very bad stuff but that is due to how humans are are, are using them
1: mm, human health Let's talk about that. Okay. It's a bit of an arbitrary line because we've just talked about how it affects everything and all these living organisms. But there's two main routes to human exposure, which is ingestion and then inhalation, because unfortunately, it's all through our ear as well. Um, So there are some good long-term studies emerging underway. Um, Netherlands is is cranking on. Um, And we do have some good um, research from mammalian studies. Did you get that? Mammals,
0: Oh, mammalian?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I don't know if I said that right. So, in other words, they've been testing um, and can see that microplastics can affect lymphatic and circulatory systems. They can accumulate in organs and impact on the immune system and cell health and may increase inflammation, which raises questions about the role of microplastics in chronic inflammatory diseases. And like ankylosing
0: spondylitis. What? Ankylosing spondylitis. Tim. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I think I am. I know a couple of people with that. It's very debilitating. Oh. It's like a lifelong pain things and, and affects your bones, your gosh, whole well, system. I mean,
1: mean, And this is a thing, we don't know scientists are looking into it to yeah. see how much of this is connected to microplastics. Um, and th- this is quite a crazy one too, is that they may also facilitate the spread of the antibiotic resistant genes. Which when you think about it makes perfect sense because there's now this little vehicle inside of us. It's like you've got an antibiotic resistant gene that has now suddenly found its little home in the microplastic i will i've got a i've got a source for this i will chuck it in the show notes cool um there you go
0: so before we talk about solutions because you know that crazy book i read about um the health of oceans and how it's very very bad
1: yes there was that woman who you emceed for yeah um yeah Actually, it was after that experience that you decided to. we needed to do the Good News episodes because you were so depressed by this woman's lecture and reading the book that you were like, this is too much. We need to... What's the name?
0: I was overwhelmed. It's called Seasick.
1: Mm, good name.
0: Yeah. Um, but she was... So that book came out in 2009 and she talked a lot about the deoxygenation of the ocean and mm. how... how, how Um, massive that problem is and how it's affecting all marine life and it sounds like microplastics could be a big Part contributor to that yeah, problem, yeah. If not, maybe the main culprit. Perhaps. Who knows?
1: I mean, crikey, there's so much going on, right? So mm. complex. Actually, that is something. Just as we do start to talk about solutions, it is definitely something to keep in mind. It's like it never. I just don't think it ever works for to to go. Oh, microplastics are a big problem, right? Let's we need what we need now is bioplastics or, or whatever. And it's just like it is just so complicated. We just need to stop and assess the whole thing and then find out that actually it's the same simple actions over and over again that make a difference because the other big thing that's going on in the oceans is how um, they're acidifying because there's too much yes. blooming, um carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases in the air so the ocean as it sinks it is changing the acidity and it's like how did all of that get there of too much driving and all that stuff so same issue with the tyres and the microplastic it's, it's just so we just don't need quick fixes of, yeah, or, of, of one particular problem, or you know, crazy we need to novel, step back.
0: scientific. Yeah. You know, I'm really a new
1: thing. not a big fan. It's like, I can see that there's just, there will be, and there are some amazing innovations that really will make life a lot easier and help to really soften the blow for us as we transition. But I guess we, can't, I want to celebrate that, but it can't be at the expense of us going, oh, great, we just have to wait for the scientists to fix some stuff and then I can just carry on being Humans wasteful.
0: have historically had an amazing ability to oversimplify nature and all its processes and be super confident.
1: No, Oh, we're, and it's <laughs> we are still confident. It's nuts. So my number one solution is, I've got four of them, number one is just use less plastic. That's it. Like I was in the bakery the other day and I was watching the guy put my bread and there's plastic bags and bread uh, brown paper bags in mm-hmm. there. And I was just like, oh, I am just watching to see which one he'll grab. And he grabbed the plastic bag and he said, oh, excuse me, can you get me a, can I have the brown paper? And he said, sure. And I said, hey, just out of interest, um, why don't you just grab the paper one as a default? And he said, oh, because customers prefer the plastic. And I was like, Still? Still, it's like, come on. I know that 95% of New Zealanders are into this. We're yeah. saying we're into it. but it's, And I was like, oh, why is that? And he said, oh, because it keeps the bread fresher. And it's like, we've got such a low threshold.
0: That doesn't even sound right to me. Because the bread would sweat in there if it's plastic. Or something like paper that's a little bit semi porous, so you you can get, you know. And it's just not this benign,
1: handy, cheap solution, is it, to keeping your bread fresh? It's like millions of particles that are just going to break down and persist in the environment for hundreds of years, and they're going to risk the foundation of life and the health (laughs) of the next generation.
0: True, <laughs> all right, take it. Take a sip of water, <laughs> Wave. But that's such a good way to conceptualise your plastic use is that instead of looking at a plastic bag as a plastic bag, looking at it as a collection of future mm. microplastic mm. particles, mm. like a, a big lump of... <laughs> stuff that's going to be floating around in the air and the ocean and the soil mm. um in tiny dispersed parts
1: mm, mm. yeah and it's it's all of us it's like the home stuff. Like is not just buying it's not just your shopping you know it's it's like like i was saying before you yeah, like your clothing or your your plastic sh- chopping boards even just like anything plastic if you can buy i will always buy wooden or or stainless steel alternatives to things where mm-hmm. i can um but it's farmers, it's roading contractors, it's hospitals, it's schools. You know how they laminate, how everyone laminates? Yeah. Um, It's like fast food. It's the supermarkets with the choices that they can make around better packaging. There's just no exceptions. There's no... Do
0: you know what another one will be? Coffee cups. Yeah. Because of the plastic laminate that you have to put on it to keep it waterproof. Or disposable, you know, yeah, single-use plastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and cups. to
1: me, that's such a nice, easy one. Just grab a keep cup, you know. A, a glass one, or a metal one, or a ceramic one,
0: or a mug that you have at home.
1: Yeah, just a good old <laughs> mug. You can add glitter to your party pooper. Po- po- I might say that again. <laughs> you can add glitter to your party pooper list of things that you're never going to do again.
0: Glitter's supposed to be quite bad, huh?
1: Well, yeah, because it's a it's bad in the sense that it, all microplastics are bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a bit more high profile.
0: So. Like a lot of things that we talk about, not a um, silver bullet, sexy, glamorous solution, but just being conscious of the fact that, hey, you know that plastic you're using—that is future microplastic.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Which it, is
0: poisoning every yeah. <laughs> living environment on Earth.
1: Yeah, no magic wallets, but I do actually have a few specific things as well that I think, um, if you know, if in case I've overwhelmed anyone. Um, or, but the next, the next sort of thing before I get into a nice specific thing I'm just going to get worse and say just use to of everything mm-hmm. because plastic can be quite a we think of it in quite a specific way, but like the furniture that we buy, turns out that the additives that they've found in the microplastics, there's about 100 that they've found so far, and just over half of them come from just three things, and there's, there's flame retardants are enormous category, and that's just from furniture, from foam and from bedding. Right. Um, and so and the irony is that furniture is so flammable, isn't it? But anyway... Well,
0: apparently not. (laughs) If it's made of flame retardant, fine. I've
1: I've, I've talked to firefighters who are just like, those polyester couches you're sitting on, they are ready to go. Anyway, so uh, again, just thinking about before you just run off and buy something, is there anything else you can do? Can we be going back to see our upholsterers? You know, there still are some of them around. Um, So specific stuff we can do. um, Go clear, uh, the colourants and... um, Plastics are actually a really big deal.
0: Oh okay. yeah. wow, that's so that's such a good easy one. Yeah, so so if you have to use plastic, yep. don't get a coloured plastic.
1: Yeah, yeah, go clear if you can. It's a classic example. Would be milk. You can make a good choice for that, um, and a lot of things as well. You can you can make choices around that. Um, so any any marine biologist will be able to look at that chemical structure of some of the um, colorants that they put in and just can see straight away from that that it's toxic to right. marine life. Um, Buy natural clothing, kind of mentioned that. So that's wool, cotton, linen, hemp. And just a bit of a shout out there to previous episodes we've done around buying organic where you can, Yeah. which sort of just instantly gets hard. So that's where I default to trying to buy second hand. At least yeah. you're not flaming flaming the problem, fanning the exactly. flames. Um, and here's a really nice specific one. And that is, this is actually, probably, in terms of we've had a few mind-blowing stats this episode, this could be up there. In fact, this might be my pick for the most mind-blowing one. Ditch your bottled drinking water.
0: Yes. because if you Amen.
1: So if you are... Because the thing about it is that they often pitch it as a more healthy thing. If you're only drinking tap water, they're estimating you're probably consuming about 4,000 microplastic particles annually. Okay, 4,000 annually. If you're only drinking bottled water, you could be ingesting an additional... Ninety thousand. Dang. From I was trying four, to do the math on that. Four thousand, just from ev- all of the consumption so about of everything. Fifteen times yeah. the amount. Yeah. And that's not. That's not four thousand from drinking water. That's four thousand from everything that you're ingesting.
0: Oh wow! So your total intake. Yeah. Goes yeah. Up your by total. Fifteen yeah, times. Yeah. Man. The marketing on bottled water has got to be one of the most successful ways of tricking us into the stupidest idea, particularly in New Zealand.
1: Yes. We've got such good water here. Have you seen that war on plastics on TV? No. Um, They've done a really cool thing. Where Well, they've done lots of cool things. Really worth checking that series out, guys. Um, One of the things they did was... This dude who's like probably in his 40s or 50s, he went to a makeover stylist who made him look like this, I don't know, cool hipster. He even had iron-on tattoos and stuff. And he went down to like a busy mall um, with bottled water, plastic drinking water, and got everyone to try it and was like oh it's this new cool thing and he was getting everyone you know but it was just such a setup but people were going wow it's really great it's really good and he's like oh do you drink bottled water and yeah 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 do you drink tap water oh no 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 and anyway it was just tap water of course. and you know so it's just it's so much in our heads
0: it's all and yeah that stuff is like pure marketing mm. it's mm. it's crazy okay
1: and then the last thing I just want to finish on a bit of a shout out to like the legendary woman we've had on our podcast Robin Malcolm Sophie Hanford from School Strikes for Climate Erica Finney who we just had from Mm -hmm. 350 all saying same message is act collectively get involved get political Um, we actually need global legally binding treaties to tackle this problem so we've got bit of a legal framework globally here and there but it's it's totally ineffective and it's really fragmented and countries like New Zealand we just don't we don't have a lot of mandatory stuff Um, so we need to sort of really coordinate some international action and WWF the World Wildlife Foundation they're um, calling on People to really begin negotiating as soon as possible to create something that would be legally binding um, to tackle the marine plastic pollution problem, which would in turn actually tackle a lot of the other issues because it, it all gener- it's all generated on the land. It just a lot of it ends up in the marine environment. Um, so one way New Zealanders can make their voices heard um, and have a bit of fun, cause such a cool organisation, is to connect with Plastic Diet. Um, they are I so I hung out with these guys like in their early years and I just checked them out and I was just like wow like talk about leaps and bounds so check out yourplasticdiet.org it's a youth-led organisation Aotearoa based um, and they're working collaboratively with WWF and they are among other amazing things, leading a petition. with, And so far, they've got over 1.5 million signatures.
0: Whoa, to yeah. create a legal yeah, framework.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. And you can do, you. so check them out. Um, really cool information. Um, you can check out your own plastic consumption. You can get involved. You can find local groups. Um, I So, yeah, I spoke with these guys. When would it have been, like 2012, 13? And... I remember they were saying, um, "Oh, we want to do stuff on a national like we want to really try and stop plastic at its source." And I (laughs) remember thinking, "Good luck with that!" And it's just like so cool to see them twenty twenty just like actually they're right in the right space. They've always been focused on that high level change, and they're doing it.
0: Fantastic! Yeah, so exciting. Yeah. Well, that's great. I feel like. Are there any other solutions you want to go through?
1: There are no other solutions. I feel like
0: I'm very armed in terms of I now know this is a huge problem everywhere that we're all contributing to it in ways big and small. The solutions are kind of like surprisingly straightforward from taking the bus to, if you need to get something plastic, make sure it's not colored mm. to don't use a goddamn disposable coffee cup.
1: No excuses. Of course.
0: Uh, and no bottled water. You jerk. You don't need to pay $4 for that. Bring a drink bottle, get a drink bottle. Um, and then we can also all join together online so is it yourplasticdiet.org yes sweet even and they're in new zealand they're sort of like new zealand originated yes. but now they're so powerful they're like a global force to be reckoned with a
1: conglomerate with. that's
0: so cool that's
1: so cool
0: awesome hey thanks for doing the research wave both terrifying but also kind of uplifting that people are both doing the research to actually find out you know start to measure how big this problem really is and what its offshoots mm. are and giving us some solutions on what we can do to, to yeah. stop. And
1: those. same old those solutions, it's just we there we literally need to step through a bit of a portal. Mm. It's like the same little simple cluster of actions around just being a bit more mindful or a lot more mindful of what we're buying. Buying local, buying buying plastic free, trying to find your food without plastic packaging. All buying stuff secondhand, that the insufferable hippies
0: have been saying for twenty I years. I know. Unfortunately <laughs> turns out they were right. Damn it. <laughs> Hey, well, thanks, Wave.
1: Well, it's been a pleasure. It's been good. I've enjoyed it. And I hope it's been helpful for people to sort of get a bit of a lowdown on microplastics globally and specifically what's happening in NZ.
0: And as always, you can also help by sharing this episode and this podcast with people who you think might be interested. Um, Leave us a review if you can. It costs you nothing, but it helps other people see the show and find it online, so that's great. But otherwise, we will see you in the next episode of How to Save the World. Goodbye.